Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) I am so happy that we get to join together. Let us begin with a prayer as we always do. So grateful to take this breath, this breath of love and gratitude. We dive into our heart and we say yes. We say yes to partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We say yes to unlimited power, the power of love shining in our mind, shining in our heart. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented flow of divine wisdom and clarity. Truly grateful, truly thankful to allow ourselves the freedom to be our true selves. We are grateful and thankful to give up any idea that we're broken or need fixing. We partner up with the Holy Spirit to remember the truth that is our liberation. And in gratitude, we share the benefits with all because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) Yes. Well, since uh, the time we're recording this live, it's uh, January, and uh, many people, are, including me, are thinking about this year and what it is that we are calling forth. It is a time when many people do things like they join gyms, only later to perhaps not... Uh, stick with it and then feel like a loser. Um, (laughs) A lot of these kinds of decisions get made because the ego is criticizing us. We're coming up short. We're not good enough. Something's always wrong with us in the eyes of the ego. And uh, it can become a very strong motivator for people. I know I've experienced that in the past myself. I made a commitment some years ago not to be uh, led by the ego, and it requires a real vigilance. It really does, and it's really worth it. It's really worth it. Um, I I decided that I wasn't going to work out and exercise anymore motivated by the ego. So instead, doing what is motivated by the spirit. Now, one of the the powerful sections in uh, A Course in Miracles in the text, chapter 4, section 4, is called This Need Not Be. And if you like what we're talking about today, you'll find that I've done other episodes around this this section, and um, it's powerful. In... um, In this section, it talks about uh, being motivated by the ego. And uh, Jesus says to us here, chapter 4, section 4, paragraph 2, he says, I've said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior. But I've also said, and many times, that you can change your mind. I've said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior. So let's just look at this because A Course of Miracles makes it very clear it's not a behavior modification system. And this is a really valuable thing to look at 
behavior modification because there was a time, uh, let's say in the 60s and the 70s, different uh, in the 80s, when behavior modification was very popular. My father is a PhD in social psychology, so he, I've, I can remember him talking about behavior modification and the importance of behavior modification. I, 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 and I get it. You know, so behavior modification is that let's say you are grossly overweight. And so your behavior modification is you're going to change your, you're going to modify your behavior. So you're going to modify your eating habits and you're going to modify your exercising habits to increase calorie burning and decrease calorie intake and things like that in order to shift from being grossly overweight to being uh, at a more reasonable weight. Uh, understandable. This is what most people would tell you, what most doctors would tell you and things like that. But it's behavior modification and as anyone, most people who've done this without changing their mind, then they usually find that they gain more weight and things will, it may take some time, but there's going to be that that yo-yo, that boomerang, and then one you've you've worked so hard to take off, let's say a hundred pounds, and then you gain back one fifty. How do you feel then, right? How do you feel then? You feel like such a loser, right? So the whole thing is orchestrated by the ego. All that behavior modification. And it's very tempting at the beginning of the year. I'm going to do things differently this year. I'm going to modify my behavior. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this and that. And then a lot of times we fall down. We can't get up. And then we feel worse than if we had never made any changes whatsoever. So that's why, of course, Miracles tells us not to go for behavior modification, but instead to change our mind. So this is what Jesus is saying to us. I've said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior. So first you change your mind, then you change your behavior will naturally align rather than the other way. Uh, Course Miracles tells us all healing is at the level of the mind. There is no other kind of healing and um, you know we can have an intellectual approach and say well scientifically blah 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 but we're talking about permanent healing not a temporary I don't even know what the word is side track we're going for permanent healing I have absolutely come to know that permanent healing is possible for all of us. So going for permanent healing is worth it. It's worth it. It does take courage. It does take strength. It takes trust. And it takes faith. It takes all of these things. And in fact, it helps us to build these things, which is even better. Even better. So... Changing our mind. It says, he says here, when your mood tells you that you have chosen wrongly, and this is so whenever you are not joyous, then no, this need not be. Now, for those of you who've been in class with me, you've been in my Finding Freedom class, you've been in my Masterful Living course, you know I talk about the divine alarm clock. So when our, this is what he's saying here, when your mood tells you that you've chosen wrongly, I call that the divine alarm clock going off. And um, I feel that this is one of the most helpful and important things uh, that A Course in Miracles tells us. Uh, oh, this page is, oh no, it's not ripped. It's just folded back. <laughs> Um, in in the chapter two, 
Section 6, Fear and Conflict, one of my favorite parts of the whole book. If not the favorite section, it's just so helpful and so clear about, um, I love Chapter 2, and Section 6 is all about fear. And, and what he tells us there is that the correction of fear is our responsibility, and that when we go to God and we say, take the fear away, uh, what we can really help ourselves with instead is to ask for healing in the conditions that led to the fear. Healing the conditions that led to the fear. Because the conditions are our thinking, right? Lesson 190 Pain is a wrong perspective. So fear is pain. Pain is fear. And so when we have a wrong perspective, we're going to have pain. We're going to have fear. And as difficult as it may be to accept, the truth of it is, without that pain, without that fear, we wouldn't have any way to really know and recognize that our thinking is stinking. So it's it's there's nothing wrong with us when we're in pain, when we're upset, when we feel like a loser. There's nothing wrong with us. No, there's not. But there is something stinking with our thinking. And so the stinking thinking can be corrected by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. By our higher self. You can call it the guardian angel. You can call it the I am presence. You can call it the Holy Spirit. You can call it whatever you like. But that I am presence, that guardian angel, that Holy Spirit, that higher self, it has the ability to correct things at the level of the mind and all that's required. All. That is required is our willingness. Nothing additional is required. So asking it is given. This is the, these are all the teachings and they all fit together like the most beautiful pieces of the most perfect puzzle. And so I used to, I used to know all of these statements in the sense that I was very familiar with all of these statements, but I didn't put it together in a way that I truly knew it, truly understood it, until I was willing to actually live it. So if you'd like to move out of the pain that behavior modification actually will generally, ultimately cause when there's no change of mind. If you'd like to move out of these repetitive cycles of quitting drinking, quitting smoking, quitting uh, sex addiction, or whatever it might be, if you'd like to move out of these painful cycles of struggling with addictive compulsive behavior, the only way I know that actually works is to partner up with the Holy Spirit and day after day, and many times a day, call for the release of the cause of the, the, we could call it the problem, the challenge. So he says here, when your mood tells you that you've chosen wrongly, and this is so, whenever you are not joyous, then no, this need not be. In every case you've thought wrongly about some brother God created, including yourself, and are perceiving images your ego makes in a darkened glass. So, and, and it goes on to talk about if you feel depressed, if you feel sad, if you feel anxious, if you feel afraid, if you feel guilty, if you feel ashamed, if you feel anything that is not joyous. It need not be, and it's because of us thinking an attack thought about someone, someone indeed. So, 
the behavior modification is about really trying to override the impulses, right? So behavior modification is um, my impulse is to overeat. My impulse is to, um, yeah, just eat too much too often and to medicate with food, let's say. And so the behavior modification is to have portion control, right? So the impulse to overeat is ego-driven. It's ego-driven. It's because we're making decisions with the ego and not with the spirit. So the decision to self-medicate with alcohol is one that's coming from the ego. It's not coming from the spirit. It doesn't ever come from the spirit. And we know that. We know that. So the tendency then is to follow the ego and and follow the obsessive, compulsive, impulsive behavior, and then to chastise ourselves for being weak. So here you have the ego driving the behavior, the what indulging or whatever it is, and then the ego comes right around and gets a second hit for attacking us for listening to the ego. It's the double whammy. And behavior modification, it feeds the ego. Now, I get that for some people who are really grappling with addiction, the ability to have impulse control is really important and, 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 not denying that, but adding an and, and let's put spirit in charge. I've seen it work so well for so many that, it's, it's what Jesus talks about when he says, begin your day with saying, you decide for me. So back in December, I think it was, we did some episodes, December 2017, we did some episodes. Um, I, I like to try and say the year when I can remember it, because um, we have uh, episodes going back to 2011, and you never know who's going to listen to what when, Right. So, um, going back um, to December 2017, I think it was, we were doing the rules for, the Holy Spirit's rules for decision, which are really about giving the day over to the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And it, it it's something that it definitely, it's like getting into a new groove, where um, we're beginning to really have a desire to hear, to recognize that still small voice for God. The ego's never going to recognize it. The ego is going to do everything it can to drown it out, and it is a small voice. It is a still, small voice. So our job, if you will, is we ask for divine assistance from the angelic realm, from the ascended master realm, from the... Holy Spirit, the higher self, from Jesus, Mary, everyone you can think of, ask them to help you clearly identify this voice for God. And for me, many times it's a feeling. Sometimes it's a thought. It's never a voice, really, not a literal voice at all. It's a more often than not, it's a feeling for me. It's a feeling. But it, it for you, it might be images. 
subtle images that you see in your mind's eye. It's a combination of things. But we start to recognize that it has a particular vibratory frequency in a sense. And we start to recognize that vibration, just like you recognize the vibration or the tonal quality of your mother's voice, your father's voice. We start to recognize the tonal quality of our heavenly mother, our heavenly father's voice. And we train ourselves to go, oh, Wait, what was that? Listen again. Because that's the great thing about the Holy Spirit's voice or that voice for God, that still small voice, the guardian angel, the I am presence, whatever you wish to call it. Um, It is highly repetitive. Highly, highly repetitive. So, We've been looking at this section, it it need not be. And the next one after that is entitled, The Ego Body Illusion. And it begins with one of my favorite quotes from the course. All things work together for good, there are no exceptions. So in this uh, moving out of behavior modification into everlasting healing, permanent healing, healing it back to the root in order to have new fruit. That's what I like to say. Let's heal it back to the root to have new fruit. One of the critical steps for us in this journey of healing is to recognize all things work together for good. There are no exceptions. So even if you're morbidly obese, let's say, It's still for your good. See, the ego wants to say, no, it's because I'm a loser. Loser, loser, loser. No, it's for your good. How can it be for your good? We may not understand it. Remember, the ego will never understand what the spirit already knows. So if we don't understand it, We're looking at it through the lens of the ego, and it's okay not to understand it. When we look at things through the ego, we will not understand them. Because we're looking through a lens that is distorting things. Perception is projection. Projection is perception. So what does that mean? It means that we, we look in the, at the world and we don't see what's there. We see with our belief system and we interpret what we see so that it matches up with our belief system and that's what perception is. It's the projection of our belief system onto what we think we see. So if we can take whatever situation is causing us a great deal of pain where we're experiencing obsessive compulsive behavior, maybe we're obsessively worrying about something, maybe we're in a sense obsessively compulsively sad about something, fearful about something, maybe we're angry about it, whatever that disturbance is, what uh, Jesus was talking about, our mood not being wholly joyous. And if there's the behavior, the obsessive compulsive behavior, then one thing we can know is when we're struggling with temptation, all temptation is of the ego. All temptation is related to the body and the body protecting itself, pleasuring itself, that kind of thing. So, all things work together for good. There are no exceptions. If we'd like to move out of the pain and the suffering, the pain of the wrong perspective, we must start to claim everything for our good. And that's not easy to do. The ego is not going to be excited about claiming everything for our good. But here's how we do it. We say, 
everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. This is a fact. I'm willing to accept this fact in order to see my good, to feel my good, to know my good, to experience my good, to have my good. I am willing to accept that there is good even in this. And it has to be no matter what it is. I am willing to accept that there is something good in this. It's encoded into it by the very love of God, by God's perfection. It is encoded into this, and I will receive it. And I am not going to delay my good by complaining any more. So, you may have heard me say, complaining makes you a crap magnet, and having gratitude makes you a love magnet. You decide which you'd like to be. So, I was a chronic complainer. Chronic complaining. And um, I... I can see what a difference it's made in my life to make a commitment to not complaining. Now, do I never complain? No, I don't never complain. I sometimes complain. This morning I went to Pilates and they had us do Pilates on the floor, on the mat. The floor was cold. I did not prefer it. It was not my preference. But I just accepted what it was, and I put on a wrap so I could be warmer. But just sitting and complaining, it's, it's, it's like taking poison. It's just going to make you sick. In some way, it's going to make you feel less than joyous. Love, let us love ourselves so much that we can't do that anymore. All right, so we're going to talk more about the transforming this mindset about behavior modification into true and lasting joyous healing. When I come back, it's time for me to take a break. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. We're talking about Behavior modification as a ploy of the ego to keep us spinning around without changing our mind. And of course, all healing is at the level of the mind. So it's the changing of our mind that is the real healing. And uh, let us have the spiritual maturity to really go for the lasting healing rather than the band-aid that actually doesn't work yeah let's not be deluded by the ego anymore and um you know i'll just mention here uh masterful living 2018 is off and running 
And uh, if you are interested in just getting a, a leg up on the year with us and doing some of this work, I have my New Year's Rocket Fuel, a series of classes, uh, which includes my New Year's Reboot. You can also just get my New Year's Reboot. We are doing some really deep and beautiful transformative work in these classes. And um, if you'd only like to do those you definitely can it's also an opportunity for um you to uh really see what masterful living is like and then uh, perhaps if you wanted to keep going uh I, i'm sure we could work that out um so check it out at jenniferhadley.com my new year's reboot class and then my also my a new year's rocket fuel which includes the new year's reboot so um check that out if you'd like my support in really anchoring your year and having a completely different year i i really feel that for those of us in masterful living this year myself included it's going to be the best year ever and i'm very excited about what we're creating together so we're back to uh, Chapter 4, Section 5, The Ego Body Illusion. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the ego's judgment. The ego exerts maximal vigilance about what it permits into awareness. And this is not the way a balanced mind holds together. The ego is thrown off balance because it keeps its primary motivation from your awareness and raises control rather than sanity to predominance. The ego has every reason to do this according to the thought system which gave rise to it and which it serves. Sane judgment would inevitably judge against the ego and must be obliterated by the ego in the interest of its self-preservation. A major source of the ego's off-balanced state is its lack of discrimination between the body and the thoughts of God. So this is where we're, we're getting the part about the behavior modification. A major source of the ego's oft-balanced state is its lack of discrimination between the body and the thoughts of God. Thoughts of God are unacceptable to the ego because they clearly point to the non-existence of the ego itself. So what's what's an example of a thought of God that's unacceptable to the ego? Unity. Oneness. So in um in the manual for teachers, it talks about who are the teachers of God. The teachers of God are anyone <coughs> Who has not, who has for one moment had a break in that sense of separation from their brothers and sisters. In other words, a teacher of God is anyone who for even a brief moment saw their needs as being the same as their brothers and sisters. They saw for a moment the unity the oneness with another brother or sister. That's what turns us into a teacher of God, is that unity awareness, even if it's just one thought. So the thoughts of God that are unacceptable to the ego are the thoughts of extending love, extending compassion, extending kindness and generosity now, here's the important caveat. Without needing or wanting or expecting anything in return. Because think of it this way. If I give to you with no thought of anything needed in return, I'm giving to you knowing that I'm giving to myself because I'm one with you. That there's no loss when I give to you. 
If I have $100 and I give you 50 there's no loss because I'm one with you. If I see you're feeling afraid and I extend compassion and kindness and warmth to you, comfort to you, and I have no thought that I'm losing anything. I'm not losing any time. I'm not losing any effort. Nothing is being lost. I'm just extending to my own self that we are united. That's when we're thinking the thoughts of God. But if I'm sharing with you, extending to you, giving to you, and I'm keeping score, I'm expecting something in return, that is not the thought of God. That is not the thought of God. That's the thought of the ego. So this is why I say one way to identify our ego identification is if we feel unappreciated. If we, we can only feel unappreciated when we're giving to get something in return. If we're giving to be generous, if we're giving to express God's infinite givingness, then there can never be any disappointment. Even if our givingness is met with um, a bucket of water in the face, if we're not expecting anything in return, if we have no needing, wanting, craving, we're just sharing because we can, because we feel guided and directed to, then we're thinking the thoughts of God. And there can be no loss. You see, when we're aligned with the thoughts of God, there can be no loss. But let's say that we're generous and generous and generous and generous in order that people will see how generous that we are, in order that people will appreciate us, in order that people will validate us, or in order that people would give something to us in return, then we are trying to manipulate people. And we are affirming our lack by doing so. And when we affirm our lack, what are we going to experience more of? Lack. So this is one of the things that can dramatically change your life, is to look at where you're actually giving to get as a form of behavior modification. So let's say you have this deep sense of lack and limitation, and you're trying to transform it by being more generous. You're giving to get then, you won't feel the expanse in your prosperity, in your abundance, in your a sense of well-being because you're giving in order to get. You will be affirming lack and limitation and you will experience more limitation. So rather than doing things in order to be appreciated, in order to be seen, in order to be recognized, in order to be thanked or acknowledged in any way, shape or form, Give only because you're being guided and directed. It's a wonderful feeling. I think one of the most wonderful things to do is to give anonymously. I mean, there are times when it's really valuable to, to give, um, in a, in a, a way that's very, visible to inspire others to consider giving as well. I do like giving anonymously without a lot of fuss or attention. Don't need to tell anybody about it, talk about it. Um, Because it just feels to me like that's God knows everything. God knows the motivation in my heart. 
And um, so that's why we don't ever, ever need to say how great a job we're doing or brag about anything. God knows everything. Everything is being well kept track of. And if we're giving in order to get something, we're not giving from the heart. We're giving from the ego. And it's like, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Instead, see what, maybe instead of giving a thousand dollars from the ego, give one dollar from your heart. Make cupcakes from your heart and give them away. (laughs) It's so worth looking at these mind shifts and making new habits. So all things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the ego's judgment. One of the ways to open ourselves to the healing at the level of the mind is to, like I was saying before the break, to accept that everything has good encoded into it for us. And instead of complaining about what we don't like, let's actually use our thoughts and our words to open ourselves to the good, to fully receiving it. So what I'm going to invite you to do right now is to think of something that bothers you, that you have felt really perhaps devastated by, really bothered by, really hurt by. Probably not that difficult to think of something. And now let's open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, to the angelic realm, to the ascended masters, to the higher dimensional beings, the Holy Spirit, the guardian angel, the ancestors, to all that is holy, the company of heaven. And let's say this, let's lay this thing that we have labeled not good. Let's lay it on the altar and make an offering of it. Like it talks about in the A Course in Miracles Song of Prayer, that um, booklet. Let's lay it on the altar. And let's say, all my judgments about this, the unforgiveness, the resentments, the regrets, the guilt, the blame, the shame, the hurt, the anger, the fear, the doubt, the worry, every negative thought that I've had about this, I'm laying them on the altar. I'm willing to give them up. And I'm willing to accept that there is good encoded into this for me to receive. And I'd like to exchange all these judgments and opinions, all this upset for that good. I'm willing to receive my good now. Holy Spirit, make it so. I'm going to leave it on the altar. I'm not going to take it back. And if there is a a temptation to go back to complaining, back to judging, just we remind ourselves, nope, I left that on the altar for the Holy Spirit. I'm accepting my good. I'm willing to accept my good. My willingness is all that's required. There is good encoded into this, and I will receive it fully. I make a holy offering of all of these complaints, all of this upset. Holy Spirit, please take it out of my mind so I never think it again. And please do the same for anyone else who has this kind of thinking. Let all minds be healed of these false thoughts. Mm. I accept my good. I accept my good. Thank you, God. (sighs) Grateful. So going back to the ego body illusion, section 5 in chapter 4, it's my page 65, where it says, 
a major source of the ego's off-balanced state. Remember, when we're identified with the ego, we don't ever feel balanced. And it comes from a lack of discrimination between the body and the thoughts of God. Thoughts of God are unacceptable to the ego because they clearly point to the non-existence of the ego itself. Right? So if we're thinking thoughts of unity, that points to the non-existence of the ego. It says, the ego therefore either distorts the thoughts of God or refuses to accept them. It cannot, however, make them cease to be. Thank God. It therefore tries to conceal not only, quote, unacceptable, end quote, body impulses, but also the thoughts of God, because both are threatening to it, right? So, the ego tries to conceal unacceptable body impulses. The ego is concerned primarily with its own preservation in the face of threat, and the ego perceives them as the same. So, the uh, body impulses that are not acceptable, so the sexual impulses, the addictive compulsive impulses, are just as unacceptable to the ego as the thoughts of God. This is what it's saying here. It says, being concerned, sorry, excuse me, by perceiving them as the same, the ego attempts to save itself from being swept away as it surely would be in the presence of knowledge. Any thought system that confuses God and the body must be insane. Yet, the This confusion is essential to the ego, which judges only in terms of threat or non-threat to itself. In one sense, the ego's fear of God is at least logical, since the idea of God does dispel the ego. But fear of the body, with which the ego identifies so closely, makes no sense at all. The body is the ego's home by its own election. It is the only identification with which the ego feels safe, since the body's vulnerability is its own best argument, that you cannot be of God. This is the belief that the ego sponsors eagerly. Yet the ego hates the body because it cannot accept it as good enough to be its home. Here is where the mind actually becomes dazed, being told by the ego that is really part of the body and that the body is its protector. The mind is also told that the body cannot protect it. Therefore, the mind asks, where can I go for protection? To which the ego replies, turn to me. The mind, and not without cause, reminds the ego that it has itself insisted that it is identified with the body. So there's no point in turning to the ego for protection. The ego has no real answer to this because there is none. But it does have a typical solution. It obliterates the question from the mind's awareness. Once out of awareness, the question can and does produce uneasiness. But it cannot be answered because it cannot be asked. So this is the question that must be asked. Where can I go for protection? Seek and ye shall find does not mean that you should seek blindly and desperately for something you wouldn't recognize. Meaningful seeking is consciously undertaken, consciously organized, and consciously directed. The goal must be formulated clearly and kept in mind. Learning and wanting to learn are inseparable. You learn best when you believe what you are trying to learn is of value to you. However, not everything you may want to learn has lasting value. Indeed, many of the things you want to learn may be chosen because their value will not last. So, seek and ye shall find. 
we're seeking to remember the truth that sets us free. And we, I, I just am so grateful that I finally got that if I'm trying to understand things, it's because I'm looking with the ego, which will not ever understand anything of value. So when I'm trying to understand, why does she do that? Why doesn't he do this? Why is this the way it is? Why can't I blah? Why do I keep blah? You know, all these questions that the ego's endlessly asking, trying to understand insanity. It's not worth a moment of our time. So, we give it up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. And the knowledge of God is ours already. Let us claim it. So, instead of trying to figure things out, like behavior modification, let us instead... Go for healing at the level of the mind. Put the Holy Spirit in charge and just say, lead me, teach me, guide me. Everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. I'm not going to make any exceptions anymore. I'm not complaining anymore. I'm claiming my good now. And everything that I don't like, I'm giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. Everything. No exceptions. And so it is. Amen. So let's pray on that. So grateful and thankful to turn within here. And as I do so, I'd like to give a big, big thanks to all the people who support this radio show. Your contributions matter. They make it possible for us to offer more and more, uh, to be able to do the transcription of the radio shows, to be able to update the A Course of Miracles app, which is still free for Androids, for, for iPhones, for iPads, still free for you to download. And more is coming. More is always coming, and I'm excited about that. So I give thanks. I give thanks to the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us all. So grateful to partner up with the Holy Spirit and to accept the good that is ours to receive, to reject it no more. We are grateful and thankful to claim our healing, permanent healing back to the root at the level of the mind, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.